suspense. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. The sixth commandment is short and explicit. Thou shalt not kill. Yet there are exceptions to the rule, regrettably beyond number. A man who kills is a murderer or a hero, depending upon the circumstances. And circumstances alter cases, such as the circumstances of a people's struggle for freedom. We offer you a neat point of morality to ponder as we present Escape to Death, starring Mr. Francis Lederer. And now... Mr. Francis Lederer in Escape to Death. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Outside, it's snowing more heavily now. Covering the streets of Budapest with soft whiteness. Covering the older, uglier snow and ice with their patches of dirty gray and angry red. The red of the blood of the freedom fighters. <laughs> the fools. A little more brandy, Dr. Gellner. Thank you. <clears throat> and tell me, doctor, how do you find it treating Russian soldiers? <laughs> About the same. You know, the dying scream, the sick one's curse. The ones who are not so bad <laughs> make eyes at my nurse. <laughs> A man is the same regardless of the uniform. <laughs> feel warm and safe. Here with me are Laszlo Kogosh, former head of the secret police and now deputy premier, and Marshal Nikolai Chekhov, Russian commander in Hungary. I must admit I'm quite flattered by the attention of these important men. And that is where you come in, doctor. Uh, <laughs> forgive me, I... Uh, what were you saying? The subject was devotion to duty and country. Comrade Kogos was just observing how hard you have worked to preserve Hungary. Well, after all, Commander, I am a doctor. It is my mission in life to, to save, not to destroy. Well, I, I look at it this way. In medicine, there are quite often times when a cancerous growth must be excised to save a life. At the moment, Hungary is overrun with a capitalistic malignancy these idiots have chosen to call freedom. Freedom. Freedom from what? Themselves or those who have always defended them? Kogosh, you were right. Dr. Gerlner is the only man for the job. Job? <laughs> what sort of a job? It, well, not that I would question any assignment. Doctor, you have been selected for an extremely dangerous mission. You are going to escape to the West. Escape? Why, you... You must be joking. Hardly a joke, doctor. But why should I escape? I, I'm a supporter of the new regime. I am a member of the party. My wife and my children are here. My, my career is here. My very life is here in Budapest. Exactly. Nevertheless, you will escape to the West. And if your mission is successful, return to us. But I don't understand. Look carefully at the snapshot, doctor. Do you recognize this woman? Of course. That is, uh, this is uh, Corina Zanova. I delivered her child a number of years ago. Wasn't she minister of something or other in Imre Nagy's cabinet? Indeed she was. Also, she has escaped us. But we know where she is. 
A refugee camp just outside Neustadt in Austria, about 25 kilometers from the border. And you want me to go after her? Correct. You were her doctor. She has a broken shoulder by the bullet of an idiot who could not shoot straight. What is more natural than for you to help her? But uh, how, how can I? You will carry a special hypodermic needle that has been dipped in a powerful poison. Is there anything finer than an injection to soothe the nerves? Why, this, this is monstrous. Karina Zanova must not live to tell her story to the United Nations people. She's the only one who knows the truth about what has happened in Hungary. What she has to say is exactly what the West wants to hear. That will not do. But I'm a doctor. I'm not a, a secret agent. You are a secret agent now, doctor. But there must be others better qualified. None more so than you. But what you suggest is, is murder. The elimination of an enemy of the state is an act of the highest heroism. Ideological nonsense, my... I, I, I can't do it. I, I'm a healer. I'm not a destroyer. You spoke a moment ago of your children, your wife. Yes, but what, what do they have to do to with... Say it? nothing of your career and your life. All of these can be brought to an abrupt and untimely end. Why, you wouldn't. You know better than that. Of course we would. Very well. What must I do? Uh, that's better. And now for the details. We have prepared a special pair of shoes. The right heel contains an MVD identification tag to show in case you are taken by my man. The left, the poison needles for the hypodermic. You will also have the Hungarian army password for the next three days. This should protect you in the event of an arrest. Well, how, how will I get across the border? A train leaves Budapest for Győr and Chopron at daybreak tomorrow. You will be on the train. Now look at this photograph. Study it well. This is Lajos Molnar. You must find him the moment you board the train. He's one of the freedom fighters' most daring border runners. Twenty miles west of the city, the train will be stopped and searched by Russian soldiers. You must persuade Molnar to hide with you. Take him to the third coach from the engine. A car reserved for children. Once there, you will probably be safe. Is that clear? I suppose, Commander, but what is the reason for this uh, little game? Simply this. Molnar has been over the border a dozen times that we know of. You will use him to get across safely. I see. Is that all? No. There is one more thing. You will earn the party's undying gratitude if you make this Herr Molnar's last trip across the border. Well, then... Then you demand two murders. Dear doctor, not murders. Two blows for the preservation of Hungary. Yeah. Yes, of course. Well, now, if you will excuse me, I... I shall try to get some sleep. By all means, doctor. And... Pleasant dreams. There were no pleasant dreams that night. There was no sleep. There was no alternative. No escape. Before dawn, they came for me, took me to the secret police headquarters and gave me the shoes. Then they turned me loose with a group of political prisoners. 
At the West Station, I board a creaking train and wait and wait. Until finally it lumbers out through the yards. Now begins the race with time. Desperately, I push through the cars, through corridors, crammed with standing people. Excuse me, please. Oh, uh, forgive me. I, I must get through here. Thank you. Do you mind, miss? Where is this fool? I push, I shove, I, I twist and turn through an endless crush of packed humanity. The click of wheels singing their song of urgency. are gone. The Russian guard will come aboard in a minute. And then, at last, I see the man I must contact. Lyle Schmolnow. No wonder I had not found him. He was headed the same direction as I, moving forward. Amolnow. Amolnow. We're going the right way, but hurry. Uh, you said something? Don't stop now. Move. The Russians will board at the rear. It is their custom. We must reach the coach for the children. Push. soon reached the vestibule of the children's coach. Now, what is your plan? Be sure of this. If there is trouble, I will shoot. You first. You are armed? Of course. Now listen to me. We are looking for one man, Lajos Molnar. Are you trying to die? Come, we have one chance. Inside. See, down the aisle there, behind the knot of youngsters. Hurry. How old are you, son? Eight. Do you understand about the Russian soldiers and those who fight them? They killed my father. I hate them all. Good. We will hide you, son. Now you will sit on my chest. <laughs> Easy. And this lad, sit across this panel. <laughs> what will we do if they should spot us? Shoot I. At their necks or about. That will keep the fire over the children's head. Then we must leave the coach and fight from the best of you. Son. He, yes, sir? If they see us, you boys dive at their feet and stay down. Is this clear? I will not stand for heroics. Yes, sir. The long minutes drag into individual lifetimes. Chekhov and his MVD symbol are worthless. If they come one now, we'll shoot. weight grows heavy on my chest as the time drags by. Now the children suddenly grow quiet. We know they are here. You there! Have you seen a big man with black hair and a brown suit? We know he came this way. There may have been another with him. Speak up! Speak. Where? They have gone through to the engine. Two of them. We saw them when they passed. Good. You hear that, comrade? Let's go. This was not the time to breathe freely. Not yet. This was the time to wait. With your heart in your throat. And then at last, 
comes the sound we are praying for. The test is over. The train is moving again. All right, get off. You must wear it back. Here, this is for you. Give her some, then spread it around so all will have a bite. Chocolate? Why in the world? Stolen. Where else? When one is in the open, one needs energy, especially running the border. You plan to cross again? Perhaps. Come. So I had enlisted the aid of the finest blockade runner in Hungary. We weave our way through the children to the exit. Then abruptly, Mona stops. He turns, driving the barrel of his automatic into my stomach. Now, my friend. What, what are you doing? Men have tried to pull this one on me before. You arranged to save my life, then learn how and where I operate. But uh, never let it be said I was too hasty. I will give you just 30 seconds to explain. How you know my name? And how you know the Russians would board this train today? In a moment, we continue with... Suspense. This is Johnny Baker with Communism on the Spot. One of the great things about our democracy is that anyone can disagree with what's being done by the government in Washington. Not only that, but the government itself will protect the individual's right to have his say. If enough people see eye to eye, they can vote the leaders out of office. This is not possible under the Soviet's one-party system, where only one approved slate of candidates is offered the voter. The people, therefore, have no way of publicly expressing their disapproval of governmental policies or the conduct of high officials. The only way Soviet politicians are put out of office is through the purge, their removal by blacklisting, transfer, or physical liquidation. And now... We continue with Escape to Death, starring Mr. Francis Letter. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Is he bluffing? This huge man who has a reputation as the best blockade runner in Hungary? Or does he mean to press the trigger of the heavy automatic he has shoved into my middle? Your time is almost gone, my friend. Speak quickly. If you must kill me, you must, I suppose. Perhaps in your place, I might do the same. All right, all right. Say your piece. I shoot not from pleasure, but necessity. I'm a doctor, Franz Gellner. Some time ago, I made the mistake of criticizing our emasculated premier in public. I was arrested and held for a month. This very morning, I was released. What has that to do with your knowing my name and that I would be on this train today? Well, last night, many patriots were executed. I was marched out with a Russian firing squad, but, well, for some reason, they did not shoot me. On the way back, two of the men were joking about how pleasant it would be when they could do that to Lajos Molnar. The other replied he would like to see your face when the westbound morning train was stopped. I see. Now, the next question. How did you know what I looked like? Well, Doctor, a 
But to be frank, I, I do not function well with the gun pressing against my lower abdomen. <laughs> Thank you. Well, as for the question, it is impossible to answer to your satisfaction. I had only a vague idea of your appearance. When I saw someone about right, I, I spoke to him. But you were the only one who did not give me a blank stare. To be truthful, I'm still not sure. Are you the much-hated Molnar? A bit of chocolate, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> by rail only as far as Dürr. From there we bought transport to Jorna, where Mona obtained a car of ancient vintage. Now the early darkness has descended on us. The bitter wind brings with it a light snowfall that makes it hard to see the road ahead. The old car's dim lights. How do you feel? Not badly. <laughs> Except for my feet. They are freezing. You sure you understand about this crossing? I think so, but you had better go over it again. We leave the car at the edge of the woods, a few miles from Boshok. The forest extends into the Austrian border. Once there, you will surrender yourself to the Austrian border guards. They will take you to the town of Reknitz. When you have identified yourself, they will ship you up the line to a big camp outside Neustadt. Then uh, you are not going with me? Not for long. <laughs> The Austrians and I have a working agreement. When I do not bring much, I do not stay long. But uh, such a risk. <laughs> Is it worth what you make? I don't like that remark, Doctor. There is no profit. What I take across is information. For the world. For Hungary. swiftly now. Eyes burn from straining to see Russian vehicles. Twice we turn off across country, driving without lights to avoid oncoming Soviet trucks. Then we reach the wooded sector. We check our guns, leave the car, and begin the long, nerve-wracking walk to the border. Hold Keep down. Hear that? Russians? Oh, more tourists. Why can't they learn to be quiet? There they go. Look at that woman run. Hurry. Down this way while they are busy. It's a nightmare. Running this way, bent over. Makes me realize my age. Suddenly a foot catches me in the back and I go down my face against the hard ice. I roll over gun ready. But Molnar is down on one knee facing away from me. Then I realize what had made him so fat. It wasn't all coat. There are two of them in Russian uniform. He gets both before they can fire. And we're up again, running. At last, he grabs him by the arm. See that open space? On the other side is Austria. But the border guards, where are they? Not far. They will have you before you go another quarter mile. Wait here while I hide my spray gun. Instead of waiting where he said, I creep up behind him. 
when he kneels beside a fallen tree to hide the Sten gun, I do it. It is easy. Too easy. This first murder. I'm running in zigzag pattern across the open snow into Austria. I don't get far before two men in foreign uniforms step out from behind the trees. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Ja, natürlich. Gut, kommen Sie mit. The guards lead me over a trampled path in the snow to a long, low shack, full of tourists. One or two of them are near hysteria, and all of their faces show the reaction of overexposure. Some sit shivering alone. Most huddle before the curved iron stove and try to dry their sopping feet. There are two men, however, who sit to one side and watch the arrivals. After a moment, one of them gets up and comes over to me. I recognize him for what he is, and I become acutely conscious of the MVD symbol in my right heel. Your name, sir? Dr. Franz Gellner, recently of Pest. The doctor, huh? Hmm. You'll be a welcome addition. Are you asking political asylum? Yes, I... I'm asking political asylum. All right, doctor. We'll try to rush you through. I'll go and see if I can't scare up a medicine kit for you. There are a number of cases that need help. Excellent. I will be only too glad to help. Uh, just a moment, doctor. Your right shoe. I look down and my heart stops. The trick heel... The one with the Russian secret police identification in it has come loose. Now, it is slid halfway off the heavy walking boot, its thickness protruding beyond the back of the shoe on its grooved track. A man could break his neck with a heel like that. Here, let me get my gun. I'll tap it back in place. There, all fixed. <laughs> Isn't that better? Yes, <laughs> much better. is over. All that remains is to be patient until I can be moved up the highway to Neustadt. They find a medical kit for me and I become the angel of mercy again. Repairing, mending, curing. But thinking only of my plans for Corina Zanova. Finally, the day arrives. All right, all right. This is the relocation center Neustadt. All families remain together. A single woman on the left, please. Oh, excuse me, I use a Hungarian doctor they said would be with this group. Correct. Dr. Franz Gellner, at your service. You can't know how glad we are to see you. Come with me, please. Thank you. You may not realize this, doctor, but you have a number of friends here. People you have treated at some time or other. Yours must have been a very large practice. Oh, fair size, I suppose. Of course, I... Obstetrics was my specialty, you understand. I imagine I do know quite a number of the women here. <laughs> Say you, doctor. Um, incidentally, I, I don't suppose you have happened across a woman named... Uh, Corina Zanova, have you? Hmm. Both she and her child, let's see, I, uh, oh yes, Aya was her name. They were patients of mine. Uh, are they here? Oh, now isn't that a shame. I think they have just gone. The Americans are flying them to New York either today or tomorrow. 
But I, I will be glad to check for you. Meanwhile, please make yourself at home here in my quarters. Uh, go in, wash up, while I see about Corina Sanova. I go into the washroom, but not to wash up. I flip off the heel of my left shoe, take out the poison needle, and attach it to a hypodermic from the medicine kit. And then I, I pace the colonel's quarters, waiting, waiting. It is too late for the plan to fail. She must still be here. She has to be. Well, doctor, you are in luck. Corina Sanova has not yet left. She is over in the clinic this moment. She was quite pleased to hear you had escaped. We go quickly across the compound to a large building and in through a crowded entryway. Finally, we reach an inner room. And there we are. Just the Austrian colonel, myself, and Corina Zanova. Doctor. Doctor Kernan. How very nice. Almost seven years since little Aya. You should see her. She's here somewhere. She still remembers you well. Well, you too will excuse me, huh? Uh, Don't keep her too long, doctor. The plane leaves in an hour. No. Of course not. Now the final moment has arrived. And I'm nervous for the first time. The long hunt is over. I put a bag down... I open it, trying to keep my fingers from trembling as I remove the deadly needle. Well, Doctor, is it not a blessing for us being here, away from the twisted minds and the bored thinking at home? Huh? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, tell me, Corina, uh, how has that, that shoulder been treating you? Oh, but like any broken shoulder, I guess. To you as my doctor, I admit... It does hurt, especially at night. I thought so. Well, roll up your sleeve. I'll give you a little shot. A a new tranquilizing drug. To make you feel better on the plane. Uh, All right, doctor. Thank you. Mommy! Mommy, I heard... Oh, there he is, doctor! Do you not know never to touch anyone when they have a needle in their hand? Now you have made the doctor stab himself. Oh, I'm sorry, Mommy. Will it hurt? Mommy, he he looks so funny. What is it, Doctor? What's the matter? (laughs) Doctor! Doctor! Suspense. In which Mr. Francis Letter starred in William N. Robeson's production of Escape to Death by E. Scott Floor. Listen. Listen again next week when we bring you another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Supporting Mr. Letter in Escape to Death were Norma Jean Nelson, Margie List, Charles Radelak. Jack Crucian, Dick Beals, Fritz Feld, Paul Dubov, and Ted DeCorsia. Suspense. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Suspense. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. Suspense is proud to present for the first time to an American radio audience an actress well-known to the listeners of the British and Canadian broadcasting corporations. Miss Joy Lafleur has twice been named the best actress of the year by the radio critics of Canada and has been invited this summer to play Hamlet's mother, Queen Gertrude, in the Shakespearean Festival at Stratford, Ontario. In the tale of suspense you're about to hear, she plays a quite different role. Emily, the tragically disturbed wife, uncertain from moment to moment whether her husband loves her more than life itself or is planning her imminent murder. Listen, then, as Joy Lafleur stars in Celebration, which begins in exactly one minute. Fellas, and you gals, too, have you ever thought about brushing up on some of those high school subjects you found kind of tough? Or maybe studying for a university diploma? Being in the service, you have a chance to enter the largest classroom in the world and join millions of other American service personnel stationed in almost every corner of the globe. Men and women who have taken elementary, high school, or college courses, university extension courses, as well as business and technical vocational training. Where is this fabulous classroom located? Wherever you are. That's right. There isn't a camp, installation, or ship which can't be reached by the services of USAFI the United States Armed Forces Institute. Whether you're interested in a correspondence course, a self-teaching course which doesn't require the submission of lessons, or if you'd like to study with a group, USAFI can offer you what you want. For a uniform education, study with USAFI. And now, Miss Joy LaFleur in Celebration, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Todd was coming for me. Oh, as I packed my suitcase, I looked out of the windows and I could see the flower gardens and the green lawns and some of the girls were playing badminton and some were in the pool and Todd was coming for me and I had a surprise for him. Now, let me see, where's my pink sweater? The bottom drawer? It was here, I think. Well, where's the white one? Oh, dear. I couldn't seem to find anything. Oh, but I didn't care. Todd was coming for me. And I knew what he'd say. He'd say, oh, Emily, Emily, how I've missed you. He'd hold me so hard and he'd kiss me and kiss me. He'd kiss me all over. Oh, darling. And then I'd tell him. I'd tell him about the surprise. I'd say, who's there? Who's there? Mrs. Ward? Uh, yes. It's Mrs. Hallett. Oh, um... One moment, Mrs. Halleck. I didn't want her to see my suitcase, so I, I pushed it under the bed. Come in, Mrs. Halleck. Your husband just phoned, Mrs. Ward. He'll be here soon. Oh, Todd's such a darling. Thank you, Mrs. Halleck. You've been so kind to me. Well, I try to be, to all the ladies. Now, I just have to put on my perfume. It's Passionate Night. Mm. Do you like it? Mm, very nice. Careful you don't spill it. Oh, dear. Now, one drop behind each ear for those who pass. 
one on each wrist for those who linger, <laughs> and one on the nape of the neck for those one never sees, and one on the forehead for a blessing. Oh, a blessing for time. <laughs> Oh, dear, I dropped it. I, I just can't seem to hold things. Well, it, it didn't break. Here, I'll wipe it up. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Halley. Oh, how do you like the way I'm doing my hair? Hmm? Oh, very nice. Shall I take it down and do it over again? Oh, no. Oh, just look at me. I used to fill this dress out, and now I look like a scarecrow in it. Don't I? You look just lovely. Now, you have everything, hat, gloves, purse. Oh, of course. Well, you remember last time you went for a drive? Last time? When did I... Oh, well, never mind. Now, let's sort these things on the bed. Oh. Oh, I didn't see your suitcase. Oh, oh that? Well, I, I was just putting some things away, and I... Were you planning to be away longer than for a drive and dinner? Well, I... I thought I wouldn't come back tonight. Oh, I'll be coming back here to the club often. I, I love my friends here. Mika, that girl that writes the plays, and, and Sadie, that newspaper woman. Oh, she's so witty. It's so stimulating being here with all these famous women. Oh, I just wouldn't think of not coming back. Well, a change might be the thing for you now, dear. But that's what I thought. You see, we're not equipped to give you all the attention you should have. Oh, uh, attention? Did you want to put this bunch of letters in your suitcase, too? Give them to me. They're Todd's letters. I couldn't leave them. Oh, Todd simply adores me, Mrs. Halleck. I'm sure he does. Look, just listen to this and you'll see. Oh, you mean... No, no, here it is. Darling, you are my happiness. I can't live without you. You're as necessary as the air I breathe. Todd's a poet, really. When I looked up, she was gone. She'd left while I was reading. I knew what she'd do. She'd tell Todd I dropped that perfume. I could hear her talking to someone downstairs in the lobby. I recognized Todd's voice. What were they talking about? I slipped out of my room, down the corridor to the head of the stairs, and I listened. Why, that woman, that two-faced... I hurried back to my room, and I closed the door. And a moment later, she came in and told me Todd was waiting downstairs. I didn't say a word. She helped me get ready and closed my suitcase and carried it down for me. And then there was Todd, smiling, and his arms outstretched. Oh, darling. Oh, Todd, Todd. Emily. Oh, Emily, how I've missed you. I've wanted to kiss you and hold you in my arms like this. Oh, no, not here, dear. Let's go where we can be alone. All right. You know, today's an important day, darling. Our eighth wedding anniversary. Why, Todd, we were married only six weeks ago. I mean... I never can remember dates. <laughs> never mind. We're going to celebrate. Oh, darling. Really celebrate this anniversary. We're going to all the places we used to go. The lake, that, that little Italian restaurant we used to like so well. Todd, I've got a surprise for Save you. Save it, dear. Uh, till we get into the car. No, but it's... Uh, tell me on the way to the lake. <sighs> ah, smell those pines. Mmm, love them. Todd, didn't you wonder why I brought a suitcase? Oh, yes, I did, but... Well, that's because of the surprise. Oh, yes. I'm not going back to the club, Todd. I'm coming home with you. <laughs> it's a beautiful surprise. And I'm going to make chin scrapes for the living room like the club has and do the bathroom all over with a full-length mirror and everything, and I want a really smart kitchen. Lots of color like they're doing now. Oh, of course, it'll take lots of work, but I don't care. It's a nice idea. And then there's our room. 
I want to do it over completely, make it modern and smart and sexy. Uh, let's celebrate first. Uh, it's a wonderful day. Let's make the most of it, shall we? Todd sounded gay, but his face was sad. He stared straight ahead, and we drove miles and miles without talking. And then at last we turned in at the lake and parked near the beach. Isn't it awfully quiet? You sound frightened here. Remember, I'm with you. I'll always be with you. You know, Emily, we could live a whole lifetime and never find anything better than we have right here. Soft wind, a bright day, and you and I together alone. Mm-hmm. This we will have forever. Alone? Forever? Now, I'll get some blankets out of the back. I have to take good care of you, you know. I sat there while he went around to the back. And I was alone again. I was always alone. Did Todd bring me out here to, to leave me? Oh, no, Emily. Oh, put up a brave front. I'll powder your face and fix your lips. I opened my purse and groped around for my lipstick. Oh, dear, it wanted to spill like that. Reached on to pick up my things, the lipstick and the compact, and my hand touched something under the seat, a little box. I picked it up, and it was heavy. I read the words on the label, 38 caliber soft-nosed cartridges. Bullets. I looked down at the box in my hand and it was only half full. My hands shook and my heart pounded. I could hear Todd rummaging around in the back and I put the cover back on the box. Then there he was at the side of the car. All set. I've got the blankets. I couldn't say anything. You all right? Yes. Well, come on then, darling. Let's go get out on that beach. I held the box under my purse as I got out. Here, let me help you. I'm all right. You lead the way. Okay. The box of bullets in my hand terrified me, and I followed Todd three or four steps, and then I let the box slip out of my hand, down in the leaves and the gravel. Here we are. I'll spread the blankets. Now, come on, darling. Let's curl up and take it easy. Thank you. (sighs) Look at that lake, will you? Todd, what were you going to do with those bullets in the car? Bullets? What bullets? That box of bullets I found in the car. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about any bullets. Uh, that imagination of you... But I saw them. I held them in my hands. That box was about half full. Come here, darling. Close to me. Here. Todd, I'm sure darling, I saw... please. Do you feel all right? I don't know. I ache all over. It feels tight again. Terribly. Here. You put your head on my shoulder. That's it. I'll rub away the pain. That's it. You're hitting me. Hey, anything the matter? Where'd you come from? I was just passing. Heard the lady. She's all right, just a headache. Oh. Thought she wasn't feeling well. Way she looks. She's all right. Lonely place out here to get sick. Well, excuse me for bothering you. 
Where did he come from? I thought we were alone here. Alone? Alone. Together, Emily. I will always be with you. Without you, it would be unbearable. It, it would be impossible. But... That's the one fact in all this. Oh, if I was sure. I have to be sure, Todd. Oh, those nightmares I have, they're Forget horrible. Them. Forget them. Now put your hands in mine. There. There, that's real, isn't it? I get so scared. I hardly sleep at all. It shows, doesn't it? Oh, of course not, darling. Why, when you came down the stairs today, you were radiant. Was I? Was I really? You were beautiful. Why is it? Why am I like that sometimes and then sometimes... You're tired, Emily, tired. Yes. Relax, Mrs. Ward. You must relax, Mrs. Ward. That's all I ever hear at the club. Uh, you'll hear it here, too. Only with a difference. Relax, Mrs. Ward. In my arms. Oh, Tom. Oh, you do want me. Emily. Emily. In all the world... There could never be another woman like you. Never. Todd, I dream of this. I live for it. Yes. Emily. Emily, listen to me. No, Todd, please. Darling, it isn't good for you. I don't care. But the doctor said... What doctor? You know. You know. When you went to see the doctor. But that was ages ago. You all talk behind my back, so I can't hear what you say. You and Mrs. Howard. I, I just asked her how you were. You must believe I love you, Emily. Oh, I do. I do. Oh, darling. Oh, I'm so happy, darling. So am I. Look. Look. Over there's where we've built the sand castle, remember? And the wave melted it. <laughs> oh, it was pretty while it lasted. All the shells. Oh, Todd, that, that was the day when I was caught in the undertow. But I, I rescued but you. But not until, not until I called and you didn't hear and I was sinking down deep and everything was black. And but you've forgotten alone. how it was. I, I was asleep on the raft, but I heard you. I called to you. Why, I, I was there in less no, than a I minute. No, I dream about it. I'm sinking down in the black and you're not there. Emily. How could you leave me? I'll be with you always, Emily, always. Oh, let's get away from here, Todd. I don't like the lake anymore. It's so, so bare and so alone. Emily. It's a perfect place. No, no, let's go into town. L let's go to that Italian place, Giorgio's. You said we'd go to all the places and celebrate, I mean, and there'll be lots of people around. People? And, yes, it'll be fun, and we can have dinner at Giorgio's. It'll be crowded, Emily. No, no. Uh, let's... Say, uh... What's that man? Did you lose this? What? This box of bullets. Bullets? Yeah. Found them in the sand just a few steps from your car. Thought maybe you dropped them. Yes. Yes, I dropped them. Those are the bullets I found in the car, Tom. Very same ones. Is the box half full? Yeah, about half full. 38 caliber soft-nosed cartridge, it says on the box. Well, I... I oh, I... I'll bet I know. I let Ernie take the Ernie? car. Yes, yes, yes. He's, he's gone in for target practice. Ernie? Who's he? Why, he's... Maybe he got them for you. Yeah, I figured they were yours. Looked like they'd just been dropped beside your car up there. Well, thanks. Uh, come on, Emily. If dinner at Giorgio's will make you happy, then it's dinner at Giorgio's. Well, how do you like that? What? 
That sign, Giorgio's, under new management. Probably isn't as good as it used to be. All right, just pull right in, sir, and park over there. What became of Giorgio? Oh, uh, he sold out. Uh, Just park over there. Uh, If it's under new management, Emily, chances are it's not as good as it was before. Now, you're blocking the driveway. Pull in, will you? Yes, at least you can go in and look, Todd. He parked the car and went into the restaurant. I was alone again. Alone again. Relax, Emily, relax. Why was Todd always gone? If he didn't come out in a minute, I'd go in after him, but... Oh, he would come out, and, and then we'd go in and have dinner. I'd make up my face and be all ready for him. My hands shook, and I couldn't get my lipstick on straight. It smeared. What I needed was a cigarette. I opened the glove compartment. Map, flashlight, gloves. Oh, no cigarettes. But there was an envelope. I pulled it out. It was addressed to Todd at his office, Mark Payson. I unfolded the letter. Dear Mr. Ward, Dr. Kernitz today confirmed what we have felt for some time concerning Mrs. Ward. Her condition is becoming progressively worse. Since we are not equipped here at the rest home to provide care for manic depressive patients, we should appreciate your making other arrangements for her at your earliest possible convenience. Sincerely, Bertha Halleck. We continue with Suspense. If you fellas and gals in the service will bear with me for a minute, I'd like to put in a pitch for the United States Armed Forces Institute, better known as USAFI. Here's an educational setup that reaches every corner of the globe. So, no matter where you're stationed or what you'd like to study, USAFI is your baby. Not only can you take a variety of courses by correspondence, by teaching yourself without submitting lessons or by group study, but you're also given what we call final exams for both military and civilian credit. You receive the results, too, no matter which branch you're in. If your grades are satisfactory, they can help you get the rate you're entitled to in the services or the job you'd like to take when you return to civilian life. They can also help you enter the college or university of your choice. If your grades are not what they should be, you're given the chance by USAFI to be retested for a better grade. Thousands of service personnel have taken advantage of USAFI's service and have benefited by it. Why don't you? For a uniform education, study with USAFI. And now, we continue with Celebration, starring Miss Joy LaFleur, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. That dreadful Mrs. Halleck making up stories about me. Writing Todd, telling him I'm a manic depressive. Well, if she'd go that far, what hasn't she told the others at the club? All my friends. Friends until she started her lying stories, but... Here comes Todd out of George house. I mustn't let on. I know about the letter. I jammed it back in the glove compartment and slammed the door. Honey, this place looks terrible. Why don't you want to take me here, Todd? You promised. It isn't that, darling. It just isn't the same. It's run down and dirty. It wouldn't be any fun for you. I know. We'll drive out into the country, find a quiet spot. No, no, Todd, please. No, let's drive into town. 
We can have dinner at the hotel and there'll be music and we can dance. You know, excitement isn't good for oh, you. Oh, please, Doc. Please take anything me Anything the matter here? Uh, no, no, no. My wife doesn't feel well. well. Anything I can do? No, everything's all right, oh, thanks. Let's drive into the hotel, Doc. Here, let's drink to us, dear. To us? Oh, Todd, do you really mean it? More than anything else in the world. Now, what would you like to eat? What's on the menu? Oh, lots of good things. Roast beef, southern fried mm -hmm. chicken, lobster, thermidor. Waiter. Yes, sir. We'll order now. Yes, sir. What would you like, darling? I'll have the southern fried chicken. Good. Oh, sorry. I'm afraid the chicken is all gone. Oh, and that's the one thing I want. Southern fried chicken and everything that goes with it. I'm sorry. Would you try? Maybe there's just one order left. Please. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Are you, sir? Lobster thermidor. Yes, sir. Tom, they're playing a rumba. Would you like to dance? Oh, yes, love. Come on. Face lights up, darling. Being in your arms again. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Todd, I've forgotten how to dance. Just, just relax. Follow me. Oh, oh excuse us, please. Pardon me. The music is right. And why is everybody bumping into us? Maybe we'd better go back to our table. Yes, let's. I hate that. Where's my purse? Where's oh, on this chair. And bulging full. What have you got in there? Your letters. Oh, no. Mm, I read them over and over. Look, you wrote me this one from Omar. Darling, you are my happiness. I can't live without you. Emily. You are as necessary as the air I breathe. How many people are this? You are home to me. Emily, give me those the letters. No. I don't want you to read them. You I... can't have them. They're mine. You wrote them to me. Be quiet. I'll put them back in my purse. Don't you mean what you said him? Of course I do. Oh, oh look, here's the waiter without food. Huh? Yeah. May I serve you, madame? What's that? Uh, fried chicken. Todd, you know I never eat anything fried. But, uh, but the lady insists it's a southern fried chicken and everything that goes with it. Yes, I know. Well, if you take it away, will you please? I'll pay for it. Yes, sir. Well, maybe this once won't hurt. Very good. The lobster, sir. Not very appetizing chicken. Looks good to me. Taste it. What are all these people making so much noise about? Don't take me home. I'm not hungry. I want to go home. Please, will you quite understand? We sublet our house three months ago when you went to... When I what? Darling, we have no house. It's our house. Take me home. Oh, please, darling, please. Please, dear, you must realize we no longer have a house. God was talking, but I couldn't seem to hear what he was saying. My ears were ringing and my head was tightening until I could scream. And inside I was, I was all stirred up. Why was everyone making so much noise? The music rasping and lights dazzling everywhere I looked. The best thing we can do is to get out of here. Come on, darling. Car keys. Todd, are you taking me home? We're going where we can be together, always. Where it's quiet and peaceful. 
Where? To the place up in the hills where we used to park before we were married. No, no, Todd. I want to go home. Isn't this our eighth wedding anniversary? Aren't we celebrating? Emily will see the starlight through the trees and listen to the crickets. Two lovers alone in the dark. Oh, Todd. Where are those keys? Maybe... Maybe they're in your top coat in the back seat. I'll reach over and see. No, 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 no. They're not there. Makes your coat so heavy. Oh, something dropped out of it. A revolver. Leave it there. What do you want with a gun? Oh, here are the keys. Todd, were those bullets for that gun? You've got to trust me, Emily. Oh, I do, Todd. I want to. But I found those bullets and then... And that letter from Mrs. Halleck. What letter? Oh, that double face. Pretending to be nice to me and then writing like that to you and you pretend. Emily, try not to get so excited. And those bullets. Try You said they were Ernie's. Who's Ernie? Ernie's a fellow I met. You have to remember, Emily. You've been gone a long time, a long, and long time. And is the gun Ernie's too? Yeah, half an hour ago. I told you I loved you. Remember? Yes, yes, I know you did, but... Well, I do. I love you more than anything in the world. Why are you slowing down? This is the turn-off to our special parking place. You used to call it our paradise, remember? Well, now we're coming back to it again. Getting away from the whole world, from everyone everything to be alone together oh Todd I'm so tired take me home please let go dear don't grab my arm take me back to the club any place just just drop me off keep your hands off the wheel Emily you're going to kill me aren't you don't 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 think of it that way you must you are aren't you You're, you're not well Emily you're never going to get well. Oh, yes, I will, Doc. Yes, I will. I'm going to get well. I'll get over being nervous. I'll be no. a real wife to you, a real wife. I'll be everything you want me to be. I can't live without you, Emily. But you said we'd always be together. Oh, we will. We will. And this is the way, Emily, together. No, no, no! Let go of the wheel, darling. Got it all down, Sergeant? Yes, sir. Every word of it. Now, Mrs. Ward, do you remember anything else? No. We just went out to celebrate. Mm Mm-hmm. Please. Please let me see Todd now. Mrs. Ward, your husband is gone. Gone? Where did he go? Your husband is dead. Dead? He told you to say that. He doesn't want me. Watch her now, Sergeant. He can't leave me. He can't. Don't you said we'd always be together. You said I was your life. The air you breathe. Now, then, Tom, you can't leave me alone. Tom! Sergeant. Yes, sir. Give me a hand here. Tighten up those straps. Well, I guess it's the state hospital for her. She certainly is strong, considering. Yes. 
She'll probably live a long, long time. Suspense. In which Miss Joy LaFleur starred in William and Robeson's production of Celebration by Phyllis Parker and Arnold Marquis. Listen. Listen again next week when we bring you another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Supporting Miss LaFleur in Celebration were Irene Tedrow, Shepard Menken, Joe DeSantis, and Jack Moyles. Suspense has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Suspense. Suspense.